I'm Diana, and I love printing and design, typography and branding, books and publishing. I've traveled the world learning about trends to share with my students and with my readers. But I haven't forgotten where I started, writing papers about paper on paper. And now, I've created a podcast to share what I know with you. So, let's talk paper scissors. I first learned about the little friends of printmaking through one of their many awesome process videos that they share online. The duo creates these incredible, whimsical, captivating prints to share with the world. I immediately reached out, as I love to do, and I was so happy when they said that they would be down for a chat about all things nerdy and awesome in printmaking. JW and Melissa Buchanan are the little friends of printmaking, a duo of printmakers, illustrators, and designers living in Pasadena, California. Their clients include Disney, FX, Nike, and Cartoon Network. The little friends were ADC Young Gun honorees and have won awards from American Illustration, Print Magazine, and Communication Arts. In addition to their work as illustrators and designers, they continue their fine art pursuits through exhibitions, lectures, and artists' residencies worldwide, spreading the gospel of silkscreen to anyone inclined to listen. In today's conversation, JW, Melissa, and I discuss the little friends of printmaking's origin story, the way printmaking bridges the gap between technical and creative pursuits, how the medium of print offers this wonderful constraint, the how-to of silk screening, as well as the little friend's creative process. We even dive into trapping GCM students. The duo shares the surprising physicality of the silk screen process, interesting techniques that they like to explore, such as marbling and playing with matte versus gloss, as well as tips for getting started. Finally, Melissa and JW share what they're working on right now and what we can expect in the future. Well, we are the little friends of printmaking. We're JW and Melissa Buchanan. Uh, we live in Pasadena, California. Um, We're printmakers yeah. and illustrators <laughs> and occasional art directors and I don't know. Sometimes it feels like we're a video production company that also makes prints because of social media and that's, I don't know, that's our life. We yeah. like travel around selling prints, that's it. Yeah. Living the dream, can I come with you and just travel around and sell prints? Oh yeah, I mean, can can you lift over 40 pounds? <laughs> <laughs> Barely, but but we can make it work. So this is, this is so cool. I'm, I'm really curious to know kind of what your silkscreen artistry origin stories are. Like, how did you get started in this world of printmaking? I mean, you know, it's funny. I was, as a child, I was obsessed with the idea of the multiple. I think because I'm, I have such a collector mentality that when I started making artwork, it was really difficult for me to give it away. Um, I always wanted to keep something, um, which hopefully doesn't sound egotistical, but <laughs> uh, I just really liked the idea of being able to have a lot of different people owning something. But have um, one that you can keep. But have one that I can keep, yeah. So I started doing printmaking actually in high school. I was really lucky that um, my high school art teacher had a background in printmaking. 
Um, and I mean, it's Wisconsin. It is Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah, I grew up in Wisconsin, so um, in a lot of printmaking, Milwaukee specifically. So yeah, there is a lot of printmaking. I, I believe my high school art teacher had gone to Madison, which is where I ended up going, and it is uh, one of the. It's a know, good printmaking school. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I started doing it in high school. I won blue ribbon at the state fair for one of my prints. Uh, <laughs> you, were, you were like a relief person. Though. I was a relief person. Yeah. We didn't do silk screen. Uh, I think it's funny because, you know, and I think this was James's, um, experience too. Silk screen was considered sort of like a tech thing. You know, it was like a technical application as opposed to like a fine art uh, so when I learned printmaking, I learned Intaglio, I learned Relief. We didn't do Litho in high school, obviously, but, you know, silkscreen was like not covered at all. No, that was, that was my experiences. I was like an art kid, but then when I wanted to learn silkscreen, I had to take a graphics course and it was like next to the small engines shop in the high school. <laughs> like I had to go back where they were doing like, uh, air conditioning repair and that sort of thing. And then like, they had like this room smelling very strongly of acetone and paint thinner and like all of these chemicals that give people brain damage. <laughs> and I was just like in love right away. I was terrible at it, but I was like in love. I think love. everybody's terrible at it when you first start. There's just too many processes, you yeah. know? Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was my first blush with silkscreen and I loved it. I made just like hundreds of stickers. And then I was just like, what am I going to do? Yeah. And then we were lucky to both end up at the same school. I went to Madison because, you know, I'm from Wisconsin and it is, you know, known for. It's just where you go. Yeah. It's known for its printmaking program. And James was in the same art program, but he was studying sculpture at the time. And so I convinced him to come over <laughs> yeah. and start doing uh, prints with me. And yeah. yeah, we've been working together ever since. And the rest is history. Yeah, exactly. Coming to the dark side of print. I love it. Yes. <laughs> I love it. And I also love the fact that you are artists. Like you're not coming at it from a technical perspective, from a very, um, uh, like you say, that the air conditioner repair shop yeah. beside the, the, the printmaking studio. But it really, I love printmaking for that very reason that it kind of bridges this artistic and technical like these two pieces okay. have to work together in order to make whatever you're you're making or whatever you're printing yeah i completely agree i, I really what i really love about it is that you know if you're having a day where you're not feeling super creative there are so many you know technical processes that you can do where you still feel like you're immersed in the prop in the you know you're engaged in making art but you don't necessarily have to feel like you have to, you know, have your creative output that day. Yeah, I, I, that's what I really enjoy about printmaking is I'm not a painter. I don't have this de genius desire in me to fill up the blank canvas or the blank page. So like, I love that printmaking gives you this set of restrictions where you're like, it has to be this, then this, then that, and you can only do it these three ways. And it's like, I can work within these constraints. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, if you give me constraints, then all of a sudden I'm coming up with solutions to a problem rather than just expressing myself, which I have a very hard time doing. Yeah, it's hard. Oh, I, I say this often 
and my students will <laughs> will probably be sick of of hearing me say this, but I I truly feel that curiosity plus constraint equals creativity. Yes. I'm I in, could not agree more. I'm much the same way where I yeah that blank canvas in front of me is is it's uh, gonna stay blank. <laughs> yeah, I can't do much with it. But all of a sudden, if you introduce a single constraint or multiple constraints, as in print technology, then all of a sudden, oh, this is how we could solve this. Oh, what if we approach it this way? And so it, it's a whole different spin on an artistic medium. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And like you said, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's solving a problem, which I think is always interesting. Yeah. And, and so now I want to get into the specifics of silk screening, because I come from um, an offset litho background. That's kind of where I am, am most comfortable and, and happiest. But I have had a little bit of experience with silk screening. And I just I would love if you could break down the process of going from like nothing you have you are just starting and you're working through a specific um, silk screening project how do you get to that end print sure i mean you know we say this with the caveat of like as you know we say to any printmaker there are a hundred different ways to reach the final goal so this is just our uh you know set of um one two you know the the list of sure. uh instructions or whatever but we usually start with a very small sketch. Mm -hmm. uh, usually any project is just us talking it out, uh, talking through you know, what we think we'd like it to be. Um, and we start sketching. Uh, like I said, the sketch is very small. That um, is borne out between one, we don't like sketching, <laughs> but two, you know, uh, we want our prints to have a lot of impact. So if we have a small sketch, then, you know, if it reads via like a stamp size sketch, you know that it's going to be a successful image. Um, then what would you say is next? What would I say is next? Well, <laughs> I was just going to say that silkscreen is a series of stencils. So if you've never done it, it's a series of stencils. You print one color layer by itself, then you layer another one, and then you layer another one. I mean, if you're a relief printer or a litho printer, you're very familiar with this idea. But uh, silkscreen is kind of funny that way where like just all the little puzzle pieces have to come together in such a very specific way. It's, it's reasonably technical. And so like we do use the computer a lot. Um, we'll take our sketch and we'll put it into the computer. And then when we're starting to design the print itself, we're definitely thinking of it in layers. Sometimes we design the print in layers where it's like, we're drawing on the blue layer, you now we're drawing on the yellow layer. Uh, other times we're designing an image. I mean, and granted we've been at it for a long time. So we have the, we're, we have the comfort level to be able to do this. You draw something and then you start to separate it out into the color layers. But as you're drawing it, as you're designing it, you're like, well, the black can only go over the red, the red can't go over the black because you're already thinking about the order of the colors that are gonna be laid down in that final step with yeah. the, the printing. It's a logic puzzle almost. Yeah, and then so like we, we work in the computer because it gives us like the most flexibility. And then we output our stuff using Adobe Illustrator, just programs like anybody's got. Uh, we don't use anything special. And then like we, uh, Print it out onto bond paper uh, at a Kinko's or a FedEx, I should say. I'm old, so it's still Kinko's. Right? 
uh, on like their big oversized printer. And then we oil those bond paper separations and then like uh, expose our screens, which are yeah. coated with like a photo sensitive goop. Yeah. And then we uh, wash out the screens. And then you have like your series of two or three or four stencils mm -hmm. and then you make a print. Uh, oh yeah, we take the ink, put it on the screen, <laughs> squish it through the stencil using a squeegee. Yeah. That's that's how you sew screen. Yeah. Uh, and then you put it somewhere to dry. Yes. And repeat for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. <laughs> that thank you. That was a great breakdown. And I love the idea that you think about your projects in layers and whether and, and I mean it is a bit of a puzzle and whether you're thinking about as you're sketching and as you're drawing this layer, this layer, this layer, or you kind of create it and then deconstruct it. I think visually for me that's a really um a really important way to think about this process of silk screening is just mm -hmm. in these kind of layers of, of these puzzle pieces that fit on top of each other. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And trying the, whatever method you have for figuring out how that needs to be done is so influential on what the product is going to look like. I feel like we had a whole period where we didn't use any black outline at all. And our thing was to just create sort of almost a wireframe design and then fill it in with the different colors, uh, like we were doing a coloring book. Yeah. And then, and then that changed and now we're using a lot of black line and then it becomes a different kind of coloring book, but you get to see the lines. Yeah, well, and what's interesting is, you know, we, when we started out, we very quickly recognized our limitations. You know, mm. we just weren't that good of printers. Um, well, and, and you're not in, con you're in a shared studio. You're not in control of materials, humidity, like you're not, you're just not in control. Exactly. So we started building the idea that, you know, these things were going to be off register. Um, there was no way to get it perfect. We yeah, built that into the design. We built that into the design. So it was kind of like we were paying homage to those, um, you know, vintage, uh, ice cream wrappers or vintage uh, newspapers oh, that sure. you'd see where, you know, the, the key layers don't totally line up, but we the, were just the like- The exciting feeling of seeing that something's badly printed. Yeah. We were just like, well, if it, we can't get it perfect, we might as well go hard in the other direction. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then eventually you get good and you're like, well, what if it was perfect? Though? Yeah. <laughs> But I love that strategy, kind of approaching, going going all the way in with it and just yeah. designing it in such a way that you're kind of uh, working with the imperfections versus <laughs> trying There's, to make it. We're just it trying to, to evoke that energy that, mm -hmm. you, that you get when you see something that's like wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And no, I mean, you know, I, I'm, you, know you teach, so it, it's never fun to be in a critique and have to immediately start out with an apology about like, <laughs> well, you know, my intention, my intention was this, but I couldn't, you know, my, my abilities aren't quite up to where my intentions are. So it's just like, you know what, let's just like level the playing field and make sure that we're not having to apologize for anything. Right. Next time I will be doing this. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> So what are the opportunities that exist in the silk screening process? And then what are the technical challenges? So you've kind of alluded to to some of those already, but like where does silk screening shine and where are, is it more challenging to create a final piece that you really kind of envisioned? I Where it shines is, I, I mean, look, I'm not going to dump on other forms of printmaking at all. <laughs> Dish. No. <laughs> But I, I'm gonna say that in my experience, 
well, maybe letterpress is like this too. It feels like a 3D object. Mm. You're not observing an image when you look at a silkscreen. When you handle a silkscreen, it has shine, it has matte, it has these overlapping layers of color that like create different layers that are like extremely defined. The trapping, which is how you resolve the color layers uh, overlapping without showing little slivers of paper, that becomes like a design element. Uh, it really does feel like a 3D object. I mean, you can run your finger across oh, and yeah. feel the- ridges. You can feel the texture. You can feel the ridges of the ink, you know? Right. And like, uh, you know, I came out of engraving and etching and I never had that. And, you know, I'm not gonna dish dish, but like we once went to see a, fa a famous artist and he was talking to in Madison to a bunch of printmakers about how he hated silkscreen because you, you know, it's, you can see all the puzzle pieces come together and the, the colors are so flat and shiny and plasticky. And, you know, oh, yeah, they just sit there. On they just sit the there paper. on top of the paper. They don't soak in or blend with one another. And like our ears were just burning because I was like, not only is he dissing silkscreen, which is our baby, <laughs> but like, these are the things that we love about silkscreen. These are the things that make silkscreen really special and different. Also, the other thing about silkscreen, this is not a visual thing. It's cheap. You can do it at home. Mm. Like I spent the first few years of studying printmaking at Madison, absolutely terrified that I was falling in love with something that I could not do. As soon as I went to silkscreen, even though I was terrible at it at first and like etching, I was pretty fucking good. Like I was, I was like, we're, we're home. We found the thing that we can take with us and do on our kitchen table. Mm -hmm. And we can do this for the rest of our lives, whether we're rich or poor, or, you know, if we make it as an artist or we don't like, and that was really exciting. And we could sell them for nothing, well, which we still do. The other Woo thing that's nice about it is uh, the immediacy of it. You know, that's what I, uh, when we would teach classes, that's what I would try to convey to students. And of course they would understand by the end of the class because they would have a finished product, you right. know, but theoretically you could wake up that morning, say, I want to make a print with a cat on it. And then by the end of the day, you have a print with a cat on it, you know, right. and it's a, it's a product and an object and, you know, you can give it to friends, you could sell it. So I think that that's really interesting and fun about it. Yeah. Um, the limitations. The limitations. <laughs> Hurry up and wait. You're dealing with water. Yeah. So like you're cleaning all these screens and I mean, you're dealing with water-based inks and like that's good and bad because uh, they dry out fast. You have to be so tough. I think people aren't prepared for um, the physicality, the physicality of, of silkscreen compared to all other printmaking. Like it is, you have to be, it's cardio and it's, <laughs> it's tough. This is a and dream. Like, I, I just want to, I want to start some sort of fitness class now at, I mean, at sure. <laughs> give me five more. I, I was always shocked when I was such, I used to be a much bigger guy and I was like, I don't get it. I'm printing all the time. Like, but I guess I was just eating way more. Than yeah, I, was I, printing. <laughs> I think it's all those late nights in yeah, the studio. Yeah, I think so too. Grabbing McDonald's on the way. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, that, that's the problem is like you beat up your body all day and all night. And then you're like, let's just go to Taco Bell. It's the only thing that's open. But yeah, I mean, and of course, you know, uh, well, one of the things that I like about it is also one of the limitations is that I'm constantly being humbled by the process. Yeah. You know, um, I am... 20 plus years into doing what I do. And there will still be days where 
Nothing goes right. Nothing goes right. Uh, or at least by your standard. Or at least by, yeah. I mean, my standards do get higher and higher over the years. But like, uh, you know, even yesterday I was printing and I was just like, you know, I'm not totally sold on what I did today, but uh, I'll come back to it tomorrow. But, you know, at this at the end of the day, it's like, I will have a finished print and it will look good. You know, it's just uh, sometimes... There are quirks, humidity is in the air, the moon is somewhere. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like things happen and uh, the process really, really humbles you. Yeah. I, can we jump back to that accessibility piece for a second? Mm-hmm. I, I I, think, well, maybe it's just the DIY, like, I want to try this now. Really like dive into it. The two of you are so passionate about this. <laughs> how do I do it at home? How, like the way you're describing it, how do I take the studio experience that you have? And I, I'm just curious to know, like, how, how do you see that, that happening? Well, there's a bunch of different ways, you know, I mean, we uh, worked after we graduated, um, we worked in a shared studio. So obviously that's that's, that's uh, number one. A way to do it. And I, I think that that's always great for people who have just graduated because you can still sort of have that community aspect mm-hmm. and you can have, you know, other eyes on your pieces and have a dialogue about but it. But the biggest thing is like, you don't have to buy literally everything in the yeah. shop. You need a screen and a squeegee and ink and paper. And then maybe somebody else has arranged the table and the clamps. Yeah. I mean, then that's what we did. Um, while we were working in a shared space, we would just, you know, slowly acquire equipment. Um, and it doesn't have to be fancy equipment, you know, like, uh, there are great LED, uh, black light bulbs that you can use yeah, to Speedball just put one out. We tested it. Yeah. Them. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like no more halogen bulbs. Yeah, exactly. So you can use that to expose your screen. Um, you could even, I mean, and you know, because it's a black light LED, the exposure is pretty quick. So you don't have to worry about like setting up a whole area of your apartment just dedicated to like, you know, being shrouded in darkness. When I think of the old days and people hanging a halogen bulb that's like 150 degrees in a closet with (laughs) a a screen and like a pillow to hold down like a piece of glass or something. I'm just like, that was just like, I'm shocked that all silk screeners didn't die. I mean, yeah, it's, fire. it's a surprise. There are any of us left. Yes. Um, but yeah, so like I, you know, like I said before, there's a million different ways to be able to do it at home, but really, you know, you need a screen, yep. you need a squeegee, you yep. need some ink and an you, exposure. And the exposure is really important. Yeah. You need to be able to expose, be it, um, you know, the bulb that we were talking about before, like the led thing, or you can even, you know, we have friends who, you know, we're lucky to live in a very sunny area of the country. We have friends who use the sun to expose mm-hmm. their screens. Yeah. Um, my, my big tip with exposure is when we, we were like between studios at one point and we just went, we called up a commercial silkscreen studio because they're everywhere. And we asked if we, you know, could we pay to use their exposure unit? And they said, yes. Yeah. Because it's just sitting there when they're not using it. Well, now to be fair, it was in Wisconsin. So they actually asked us to bring them. They asked us uh, to bring beer. Some beer. (laughs) So they they didn't want any money. They didn't want any money. But I mean, that's the thing is it's like, you know, I think what is nice about being in such a sort of like niche of screen printing is that there are other people are out there. Other people are out there and they're excited to see what you're up to, yeah. you know? So it's easy to reach out and say, you know, 
I've got all this equipment, but yeah, I don't feel comfortable exposing my screens at home yet. Can I reach out to another local screen printer? Can I reach out to a t-shirt shop? Um, I mean, there's so many different ways to be able to, you know, make it uh, easy and accessible for yourself at home. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic advice. Yeah. And, and I love that community aspect as well, that you're not in it alone and that because this is such like kind of a, a niche community that there are others out there who are able and willing to help. And I think that's, that's an important uh, uh, lesson for any want to be silk screener as well. A hundred percent. Yeah. So what are some of your favorite projects to date? What have you worked on recently that you're just in love with? We don't love any of them. <laughs> what are you, what well, are you think, in deep like with? I think that that is one of the problems, you know, because there are so many, um, because the it's foibles. Yeah. Because we're the well aware of the pitfalls and foibles of silkscreen. We do have a tendency to see all the pockmarks once the project is done. But, um, what I, what we've really loved doing is sort of, um, focusing on, you know, bringing in, uh, a sort of a monotype aspect to silk to screen printing. Um, so we did that with our last art show where we incorporated like a marbling technique uh, on, you know, one or more of the layers. And that's just, you know, um, obviously it slows the process down. It's not as easy as just like, you know, pulling the squeegee, you have to like place the ink and swirl it around and think about like, you know, the intention of what you're trying to do with the colors. Um, For example, you know, we would use the marbling technique to evoke uh, movement in hair or smoke or something like that. Um, And then, so we haven't, yeah, meat, Uh, we have marbling and meat. Um, So, you know, we'd have an addition at the end of it, but they would be a varied addition of prints um, that, you know, have that incorporate some sort of monotype element. So, that's really fun for us, just sort of seeing what is, uh, you know, possible with using the silk screen as a framework to sort of create more limited pieces. Yeah, I think that those are my favorite prints that we do um, are the ones where it's referring to, or the I should say, they're maybe they're my favorite, but they're also our most successful things are when you make a print and it refers directly to the manner in which it was produced. Uh, when you're really connected to the materials and the medium, I think then you're making something really successful. Uh, over the years, I feel like I just make the same print over and over again, which is a cat hiding. And like I've done the one, the midnight cat print, which is very popular, which is black on black uh, with two little green eyes. People really like that. I mean, they didn't get it until they saw it in person because they just it looked like a black rectangle. Uh, but it's really fun to do things where it's like, this is about matte and shine. Like these are the same color, but like you're, sometimes it's a cat and sometimes it's a rectangle. And then like, we just, that was popular. And so we just kept on doing it. We were like, okay, well now the cat is entirely under printing and it's underneath a black rectangle or like the cat is, we have, we're printing gloss and it's hidden by like objects in front of it or, you know, I don't know. We've done, we've done, we just do the same thing over and over again, but like whenever it's like, how, what's another way that we can use silkscreen to express the exact same idea in a completely different way. That yeah. That's the kind of thing that I think is successful and that we're always looking to do. Mm-hmm. But the monotype is like that too, where it's like, can't do this with something else. So 
what's special about silkscreen? So how can we do this? I love that approach to play and experimentation in the process. And I think that's that's such a, a neat way to approach it. And speaking of of play, so this this print behind me right here, so for everyone listening, there is one of the little friends of printmaking's uh, amazing prints behind me. And every night, my five-year-old wants to do a like hide and seek and I have to point out oh. something or I have to, to to find something in the print and then she goes to to, to find it. So it's uh, yeah, I just think there's such incredible, fun, whimsical um, pieces that you create and I love the fact that you play and experiment in the way you do in the medium of silk screening. Oh thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, the idea of designing something like that really came, uh, it reflects back to our origin in, uh, we used to do a poster design. Mm -hmm. So again, it would be something that I would want to be impactful, the design uh, from like, you know, 10 feet, because you're going to see it, you know, on a wall or something like that. But then we always want to reward the viewer for their close inspection. You know, and we want these to be pieces that you put up on your wall and they continuously surprise you. Mm. Um, be it like something more simple, like a uh, cat behind plants or midnight cat, where it's just the idea of like, what does this print look like, you at, know, at what time of day at dusk versus, you know, in the morning, um, or something that's really packed full of detail, like our print studio print, um, where, yeah, I feel like you can kind of see something new, uh, every week in it. So thank every you. night, <laughs> every night I find something new. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> no, it's it's really yeah, it's really incredible what what you're doing. And I and I'm curious to know, are there any future projects, any uh, teasers, anything that you can share? Well, we're working on a couple of children's books right now. Right. Ooh. Um, just that we've illustrated, not that we've right. written, but um, these will be our second and or no, our no, third, third and fourth, fourth um children's books coming out. And it's really made us want to do our own. Right. Um, we love we love these projects so much, but we have so many stories that we would like to illustrate uh, on our own. So I think that that is going to be something that's next for us. Right. That's exciting. That's I mean, we're we're working on a bunch of stuff. Yeah. We're always working on a bunch of stuff. <laughs> working on poster design. Working on something for a little comic book shop in France. Mm-hmm. Working on a video. Uh, like if somebody wants a, oh, yeah, a video. longer, longer format instructional videos. And then, um, well, the book. So yeah, yeah we're, that's what we're working on right yeah. now. I don't know. Nothing exciting. Well, no, but you know, those are our current projects, but like what our, yeah, our what, current goal, our current is, goal is, is to, to get out of illustrating other people's books and have our own book. Yes. Cause I think we're fun and funny. Like people look at our prints and they're like, oh, you have such a wild imagination. Now here, illustrate this other person's vision. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, you have it all wrong. Well, and it is, I mean, it's a fun project to do because again, it's problem solving. You know what I mean? It's like coming at um, somebody else's story and mm-hmm. trying to get across what you think they might've meant. You know what I mean? Like, It, it or... does feel like a fight sometimes though. And I, <laughs> Cause there's like the author's vision and then there's your vision. And then it's like, now we need mediation. But um, yeah, so I think that we need peer mediation. <laughs> I think that like uh, what we'd like to do, yeah, is uh, illustrate some of our own stories. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to read them. I'm I'm really excited, and and I have little ones of my own, so I will uh, 
let me know and I'll snap them up and, and read your oh, quirky stories. I, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for I'm the so possibility. Well, thank you so much, Melissa and JW, for uh, for hanging out with me for the last half hour or so and, and chatting all about silkscreen and, and the possibilities contained there within. It's uh, been an absolute pleasure. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. It was wonderful to talk to you.